got a game five in the NBA Finals tonight, which means we got a Spain and Fitz power hour on your radio right now. It's going to take you right up to the pregame for Warriors-Celtics game five. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're going to get into some quickies about the weekend and all the good stuff that happened. But we got to start with the basketball. And we got to start with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Fitz, I feel like every game of this series has caused a few too many people to slide to one side or the other. It It's like, uh, what's the thing at the uh, kids' playground that you sit on? Thank you. That's what I'm looking for right there. That's why we're a good team. It feels like one person that just keeps switching sides of the teeter-totter. There's no one on the other side to even them out. They just walk around and get on the other side after every game because at one point it was, how are you going to ever stop this Warriors offense? This is completely different than what the Celtics defense has dealt with before. They've got too many guys. The Splash Brothers, Draymond, they're too good. Then it was like, okay, the Celtics are by far and away the better team here. As long as they play good defense, the Warriors don't have enough. It's Steph Curry by himself. And now we're back to, I think... Many people saying they don't have an answer for Steph. If he remains transcendent, this is the Warriors series to lose. Are you somewhere on the teeter-totter, or are you in the middle? First and foremost, the minute you started the analogy, I thought, man, she's going teeter-totter. And then I thought, there's no way Sarah Spain's going teeter-totter. That is me being a child. So I feel perfectly uh, vindicated in this moment. Also, Uh, is there another name for teeter-totters? Doesn't that feel like that would be Seesaw. Thank you. We just had our producer, Shannon Penn, walk in here and say he was disappointed that that wasn't the first thing that was said. Yes. A seesaw is also a teeter-totter. And they're both dumb names. Don't you think? Teeter-totter is way more fun to say than seesaw. But they both sound like they'd be the, like, colloquialism for a more, you know, serious term for the teeter-totter or the seesaw. (laughs) Anyway, I've An engineer on Twitter is going to chime in and tell us exactly what it is. Please tell me the original name. I'm going to look up the etymology because I'm a nerd. Anyway, where are you on the While you do that, I'm going to figure out where we all (laughs) should lie on this because I I think you're 1,000% right. And by the way, some of the conversation today has made portions of this feel like the viewing has been so one-sided where it's like, well, the Celtics are clearly the better team or they have no answer. This is a 2-2 series for a reason. And realistically, every single game has had a yeah, but. And it really hit me watching Steph go off saying, you can't account for this. And when the best player in this series goes off at a level that we're not uh, accustomed to ever seeing in the finals, it, it, in one of those performances you know you're going to tell your grandkids about, well, that's going to be enough to will you over the top. I mean, there are certain times that we can look at and say all the logic and all of the work that you do in trying to figure out what seems reasonable for a game – is thrown out when somebody is simply unstoppable. And at times, Steph has been unstoppable. The question to me is what do the Celtics do to answer it? And I think you've been one that has talked about this a lot, but there's a very honest look in the mirror for the Celtics of you got to stop turning the ball over and you got to start doing more efficiently offensively above and beyond just worrying about st- stopping Steph because Steph alone shouldn't be able to beat you. Right. And I will say this much. When Steph is playing like he did in game four, I don't blame any team, even the best defensive team in the league, for losing because he was transcendent. Steve Let Kerr talked about it. Let me ask you a about after- that, though. Like, yeah. be- because you are such a – and I think this is an important part of, like, fandom tra- transferring over. Like, you watch those Bulls teams with a different eye. Like, when Michael was as great as Michael could be, and I'm not saying Steph is Michael, but when you see one person take over – 
Is that genuinely enough in your mind to win an NBA championship? Like, have you seen that so much that you say, yes, this can happen? Yeah, I mean, we saw it with LeBron. That's fair, too. Yeah, that is fair. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it be possible. He's Steph is shooting 55% on <laughs> tightly contested threes and, like, 40% from threes that are, like, uh, have a defender, like, a foot or so away. The, the shots that he made in that game four truly made me laugh. Like, Steph makes me laugh watching him play. And and I would imagine the same for Steve Kerr. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. NBA Finals are right here on ESPN Radio. Tune in for Game 5 tonight as the Warriors host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. On the opposite side, to your point, and I have been harping on this because this statistic is the most important, it's the Boston turnover statistic. They win when they take care of the ball. They lose when they don't. You combine that with some struggles from the Stars, Smart, Brown, and Tatum combined for 35 missed shots in that game. And then mm. their struggles in crunch time. Over the last five minutes or so, when it was technically a crunch time situation, so within five points, the Warriors had 15 points and the Celtics had zero. This is a team in the Celtics that is built to win fits, but when they don't execute, there are problems. Well, and now they've got to look at it and say, the one thing they didn't account for in the end of that game was who'd have thought uh, any of us going into it that Draymond will be pulled out for being ineffective right. and they wouldn't have an answer for Looney. And so, and we'll get into that because our next guest I want to talk to, he had some really great statistics about Draymond and how he's not the guy he used to be. And it's a tough s situation for um, Steve Kerr to figure out. We'll get into it next. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. What Steph Curry and Luke Skywalker have in common and all those Draymond stats coming up next. Happy to welcome in from TrueHoop.com, Henry Abbott, who had some great analytics stuff about Draymond today up on the site and on social media. And I want to start there because obviously huge talking point after game four is, is Steve Kerr's willingness to pull Draymond uh, for, for Looney, who, I mean, numbers wise, it's quite clear. Looney's, I think, a plus 36 now uh, through this series. But in the moment, if they end up losing that game, how much do you lose potentially Draymond for the next couple games because he's out on you having made that decision? It's so crazy. I mean, it's been easy to analyze Draymond as all about winning and just a very passionate, hardworking, brilliant basketball player. But he's getting a little older. And it used to be that the definition of how he helps him would be to stay on the court, right? It's a little bit of a different time. We all wrestle with this stuff, right? Where it's like, how is he going to take it? And I didn't think it was a great sign that he didn't really talk about it meaningfully. It, it seems like if he were cool with it, it would be easy to talk about. All right. So Sarah asks you the smart question about Draymond, but I, I mean, she's burying the lead here because your most mm -hmm. recent tweet involves Star Wars, which means that's where I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. This is, this is what he tweets. This is what a true hoop, which is, by the way, a great follow says, after several hours of analytical conversation with at Coach Thorpe over the last few days, it boils down to the Celtics or the Empire, and Steve, uh, Stephen Curry is Luke Skywalker. Explain yourself, good sir. Hmm. I mean, it's like we go down the rabbit hole here at Drew. We've done a lot, many, many hours of very dorky X and O stuff. We have recorded, like, hours of transcripts. We've been editing and publishing and podcasting. And it's all this, you know, 
who's going to help off the screen and all this. And basically it comes down to Ime Adoka has set up an unusual challenge for the Warriors where they're not going to freak out and bend and warp their whole defense just to stop Steph shooting threes, which means he'll be chased over the top of the screen. So he's got to shoot it quickly and he's going to have to contort his body a little bit because Marcus Smart's on his tail or whatever. But if he wants to shoot a million shots like that, that's available and it might win a championship. Uh, meanwhile, the Celtics are much bigger and stronger, and that's the deal. I'm like, oh, so it's this is this is this is how you take down a Death Star, right? There's one little shooter. <laughs> this is the yeah, game. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know about Boston, uh, how they'll feel, but the rest of us will probably be in line with the evil empire being uh, some somewhat <laughs> out of Boston. We're talking to Henry Abbott of True Hoop here on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio. Uh, speaking of Steph contorting himself, this statistic is absolutely insane. I believe he's shooting 55-plus percent on tight threes, meaning tightly right. contested. He's shooting better with someone on top of him or in his face than he is with a couple feet of space. What you just said about Celtics is so true. They sort of, even if they're trying to stop him, it's not working. And in game four, that was absolutely a recipe for sex, for success for the Warriors. In game five tonight, does he need more help or should he just shoot even more? Well, they don't have a so the, the, We call the Warriors offense the Cuisinart, where like, you know, Draymond Green's in the pinch post and people are just moving everywhere. Part of the reason Draymond's been so bad in the series is because they're not doing it. Celtics aren't letting them do that. So the whole way, and Jordan Poole's been terrible for the same reason, right? Like there's just the way the Warriors create for each other is broken, completely broken. So, you know, Steve Kerr's smarter than me. He's probably got ways to unbreak the Cuisinart, right, to get it running again. Um, there's a lot of ways that could happen, I guess. But if that isn't, isn't happening, then I think it does come down to this guy, right? He's got this, I mean, we could talk about Steph Curry all day, like, one of my favorite things is um, some brain, uh, some neuro researcher years ago did a clever study and somehow basically come away with the conclusion that Steph's handle is so good that he doesn't have to use very much of his brain to think about <laughs> controlling the ball going into the shot. So that's part of the reason he's such a better shooter. And I feel like in this series, it looks just like that to me. Like, whatever you guys are doing, there's the rim. He knows right where the rim is. And most of us are a little bit like, can I get the ball here? You know, you're a little worried about Marcus Smart getting a hand on it or whatever because he's pretty good at that. Uh, look, if thinking less can make you better at your job, I'd be spectacular at this one. Okay, <laughs> so let's take the other side it. of this. I, I won't be a smartass for once. Uh, Jason Tatum has struggled in this series. When you guys look at the analytics, why? I was asking David Thorpe, who's smarter than me, about that today on our podcast. I, um, one personal theory is, have you noticed him grabbing his shoulder in massive pain recurrently? Right. Like, I think right. um, <laughs> I think that's probably part of it. He's, he's like, there, there was a, my colleague David Thorpe is very fired up about a late play where he drove and Clay was the help defender. And um, Jason didn't draw a foul and didn't go hard at the rim and didn't score and ended up throwing up a kind of what David calls a hoper. <laughs> um, it missed. I think Jason fell down. And it was just, there's so many teaching points that Jason ordinarily has down on a drive like that, which he didn't do. It, and could be because he didn't want to get hit um, would be one thing. Could be he's just tired. He's actually been playing really hard D. Um, he's been excellent on D. Uh, so I don't know, but I don't think that's going to persist. And, and one recipe to fix it for Jalen Brown as well is to stop over-penetrating. The Warriors have their defense really focused with their smaller players around the rim. So they're very covered when they get super aggressive and try to drive all the way to the rim. 
but they stop a little short. It, they're both accustomed to just pulling up for mid-range jumpers, and that could be a way they could win the finals. It's Spain and Fitz here. Spain, Jason Fitz talking to Henry Abbott of True Hoop. At True Hoop on Twitter, truehoop.com is where you get all the info. To that point, I mean, the clear number of the series for me has been and continues to be that 16 turnovers for the Celtics. If they have fewer than that, they win. If they have more than that, they lose. Oftentimes, those turnovers do come when they try to drive and draw contact. They're just not as comfortable putting the ball on the floor as they are moving the ball around in passing. Is it as simple as... Whatever the Warriors do well does not matter if the Celtics execute. Because on Around the Horn today, a lot of people pointed to just Steph Curry being transcendent as the secret for the Warriors. And I agree with that. But I also think if Steph is transcendent, but the Warriors don't shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers, then the, or sorry, the Celtics don't do that, then the Celtics can still win despite Steph. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's another reason for the Death Star analogy, right? I kind of feel, despite the fact that we know how that movie ended, I do kind of feel like the Celtics are the favorites here and, like, kind of, air quotes, should win. Like, I think they're the right. better team. I think they're, they're, their approach is good. Like, but, you know, the trick is, can the Warriors pull the bunny out of a hat or whatever? And the answer is maybe. We've done it so many times before. Um, one interesting thing that's been on my mind is much of his career, Marcus Smart has played with a point guard alongside him, right? Because not his total forte to like run the offense and he's like one of my favorite players in the nba and just gives everything he's unbelievable but this isn't really his you know his thing right running the offense and creating for others he, he, he's giving it a go right um but i think that we're feeling that a little bit where they don't really have the, the they don't have a point card so what adjustment do you think we can see in this game that will make a massive difference I mean, I think the most likely – there's so many things that could happen. Like it's, So, for instance, um, the Celtics have messed up the Warriors' offense royally, um, and they might just keep doing the same exact thing. They could switch. They could go back to how everyone else guards the Warriors just to throw off the Warriors for a quarter, right, um, which would be exciting. I, I don't know if they'll do that or not. Um, the thing that is totally realistic, which I think really could make a difference, is this Tatum and Brown stop over-penetrating, right? If they just – it's one dribble left pull up and shoot. Um, and from that position, once they stop, they can hit all kinds of people's passes too. The key to this is it brings all those Warriors defenders who are waiting at the rim. They have to move into just other space, which means now suddenly people can get layups and dunks again. So I think that will happen. That seems like just them returning to normal, which is a pretty good thing to bet on. Henry Abbott's with us from True Hoop at True Hoop on Twitter. TrueHoop.com is the website. Before we let you go, is there a statistic you've come across and all the nerding out that you've been doing that you want to share with us? <laughs> I mean, I think the one that's brand new is, you know, Draymond Green for a while was like the world champion of all the plus minus stats. Um, I think he's a first, should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If we're talking about defense at all. I think he's unbelievable. But in these finals right now, the first time I've ever seen these four games, he's negative. The Warriors have been worse than he's on the court. Um, not egregiously so, but they're tremendous when Kevon Looney's on the court, and they're amazing when Otto Porter's on the court. And, you know, it, it's him a little bit, right? It's, it's him for a lot of reasons. But um, that's, that's a wow. That's an eye-opening thing for me. Yeah. And I don't think it's just because he's 32. Yeah, especially after that one game where we were all like, oh, Draymond's the secret. He had a turnover forced in the first minute of the game, and that was all they needed. And now we're like, ugh, struggles. Oops. Uh, doodle. Uh, Thanks so much for the insight. Really appreciate it. Everybody go to talk, uh, truehoop.com to get more info. Thanks so much, Henry. Great work. Man. Thank you, guys.
Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. Spain and Fitz is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more in short. whole lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Sarah uh, is in the middle of what looks like it could be tornadic activity in <laughs> Tornadic. Chicago. Are we doing oh, okay? I like that phrase. Right now, my place looks great, but I'm being told I will shortly be getting hammered. And the good news is it says to get in the in the basement, and instead I'm on the third floor. So that sounds safe. Also, when I said hammered, I meant by rain and wind, not alcohol, although that might happen if I have to go downstairs. Well, look, let's just have like a code word. Just just yell like a maniac and run if you <laughs> okay, need perfect. to. Okay, Just well, leave you on your own to handle yeah, the rest of the show. Perfect for that. Perfect. It, it's a power hour of Spain and Fitz, and we're going to get some expertise leading up to tonight's game in the NBA Finals. To do that, we are joined by ESPN Radio NBA analyst P.J. Carlissimo. P.J., uh, any advice for Sarah on tornadoes? We'll just start. I always like starting yeah. in the middle we're of nothing. I mean, any, any tornado expertise? I don't know if he can hear us. Can he hear us? Oh, I thought he could. All we'll right, keep working on get getting coach in. P.J., yeah. Uh, We'll have him. I'm, I'm sure any minute he will be able to hear us, and then he will chime in and give us his He's expertise. in the eye of his own storm, Fitz, and that is Game 5 of the NBA Finals oh, tonight. A series tied two games apiece, and my big question for him is going to be how important Jason Tatum is because we know that the Warriors require Steph to be transcendent, but the way we've seen Jason Tatum drop off from the expectations we had at the start of this series and, frankly, after a couple games into the series – has been not mentioned as often. It's because the Celtics have a lot more depth to their attack and have throughout this series, but I don't think that they can win without Jason Tatum being the guy that they expected when this series started. There has been a level of forgiveness to some of the play that we've seen that I think is a little startling because that doesn't always happen. But as much as that is an interesting angle, I think earlier you hit on one of the things that really will matter in this game as well. And that's how Draymond responds. I I understand Mm -hmm. that he was pulled from the game and maybe he's not a huge factor. But what that means for the rest of the series, I think it's a really interesting angle to all of this as well. If you're Steve Kerr, you got to know that you are taking the ultimate chance when you do that, that you may sort of have a checked out version of that player moving forward. Now, maybe that's not the case and maybe Draymond comes out fired up. But also, if you're Kerr, maybe you're not even letting him come out fired up. So it's it is really it, it, it's weird to me to, to know how they'll play that moving forward. I think we now have P.J. So I'll start right there, uh, P.J. From from the, the moment that Draymond Green is taken out of the game with about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, what's it mean for the rest of the series in your mind? Nothing. He's mm. a big boy. Came back in and he played well after that. That's what he should do. That's what he's paid to do. So do Look you think that. that there'll be more Kavon Looney both early and late? He's a plus 36 in the series right now. They've had a ton of success with him in there. How much do you bet on Looney instead of Draymond? No, I don't think it's going to be uh, Looney instead of Draymond. I just, I, you know, we may not see Otto Porter starting, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of the two bigs. Uh, Draymond got back in and made really good plays in the last couple minutes of the game. He had two big assists. He had another big play. I mean, he had some game-winning plays down the stretch and if if Draymond plays the way he's capable of playing Steve won't have to take him out uh in the fourth quarter you know he'll be on the floor doing the things that uh you know we're accustomed to him seeing he's just been struggling in this uh in this series he had an excellent game too and he was night and day with energy in that game compared to the way he's played in the other games so um you know I, I don't think Steve Kerr had any choice he's trying to win a you know, he's trying to win another NBA championship, and 
Uh, Draymond was not playing as well as he's been playing, but I, I don't think that if Draymond plays, Kevon Looney doesn't. If anything, uh, Steve went to Kevon right away after starting Otto Porter. So um, I, the big lineup was good. They dominated the boards. That may not be a factor, and, you know, that was a, also a big reaction to what happened in Game 3. In Game 3, Boston beat them up on the boards, and that was maybe the deciding factor in the game. And the Warriors completely turned it around in Game 4. So, you know, if you're concerned with that, Wiggs got 16 rebounds, which was unbelievable. Um, and Kevon Looney played really well, although he didn't start. Uh, and, and Draymond still got hit. I, th- I don't have the box in front of me. I think he got nine anyhow. So um, they, if they need rebounding, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Kevon and Draymond at the same time. We're talking to P.J. Carlissimo. You'll hear him tonight on the call on ESPN Radio for the NBA Finals. So the other uh, name we were talking about before we had you was Jason Tatum, and obviously he struggled at times shooting the ball. So uh, what, what, what do you expect from him in this game? I expect J.T. to play well. It's, it's just really strange that he's struggling as much from the two-point line, uh, inside the three-point line, I should phrase it. Um, he's just uh, he's shooting the ball well. Um, it's just that when he gets into the teeth of that Golden State defense, they help so well and they load up, particularly when Jalen and Jason put the ball on the floor. And uh, when we talked to M.A. yesterday, you know, he mentioned um, there may be times when he needs to stop and take the short jump shot, you know, kind of between the dotted line and the restricted area, um, half circle. Uh, or he needs to kick it out the way he did. I mean, he's, he's got a, a great – he leads – uh, the series in assists by a pretty comfortable margin. So he's passed very well. What's gotten him in trouble is when he's over-penetrated and got into traffic. When he over-penetrates and scores or gets fouled, it's good. He's over-penetrated and got into traffic and didn't get fouled and didn't finish. But, um, you know, to shoot what he – I think he's 27.5% inside the three-point line. That, that's hard to imagine. Uh, and it's, it's harder to imagine it will continue. I'm sure they sat down with him. I'm sure he understands. But it's been a, a problem throughout the series. But I, I, it, it's one that I don't think will continue. It's Spain and Fitz. We're talking to P.J. Carlissimo ahead of Celtics-Warriors Game 5 tonight. Robert Williams has been amazing defensively. When he is on the floor, at least in Game 4, Celtics outscored the Warriors by 6 points. When he was off, Celtics were outscored by 16. His presence is huge have you heard anything else about his status for tonight no but he benefits uh you know the the problem not problem but the challenge uh was only having one day off between games three and four that's the only time it's been like this and even with the travel it's still two you know two days off i think robert will be fine uh you know hopefully you want to see all the uh best players play and and uh the better team win with everybody available. So uh, we didn't. I did not ask Ma about that yesterday. But I, I you know, I think uh, I think he's going to be fine. And two days is good, even with the travel, even with the cross country trip. Um, two days off is is very good, and he's still been effective. He's not, you know, he's nowhere near what he was in the regular season when he, you know, he could play bigger minutes and he could be flying all over the place. But he's still a major factor and. Um, plus minus sometimes is misleading. The numbers you just said, I don't think they were misleading. I think he, it was that much uh, of a difference when he was on and off the floor for the Celtics. So, PJ, when you've got two teams that know each other as well as these two do now in this series, what adjustment do you expect to see tonight that will make a difference? 
I don't think it'll be an adjustment, Jace. I think it's going to be uh, a big player stepping up. I know we're, we're all fond of saying media talk. Uh, it's going to be somebody you're not counting on. I don't think so. Uh, I just think the deeper you get into a series, everybody knows everybody else. The scouting reports are embedded in their heads. Guys know who to close on, who not to close on, uh, what to expect. I'm not saying that um, Stephen M.A., the moves they make will have no impact, but I just think it's going to come down to is Steph Curry going to have something approaching that game he had in game four? Is Jason going to have one of his 40-point monsters that, you know, he's thrown out through the playoffs or, uh, you know, maybe somebody else. But I, I think it's going to be the elite players. I think, that you know, the five or six key guys, they're the ones. Wiggins maybe has a big offensive game. Um, you know, Brown maybe has a big game. So I, I, I think that – I think it's them. I, I think when you get to this stage, guys got to make individual plays. Guys got to make shots like Steph made the other night that he had no right to make. He was well defended. <laughs> he's off balance, and he's knocking shots down. Um, I, I think when you got two teams as evenly matched – as these two are, I, I think that's what it'll come down to. Um, you know, people stepping up. Uh, but it, it'll be the I, I expect it to be the elite players. I don't expect to see somebody come from nowhere with the you know a monster game and he's the deciding player in the game. You guys can listen to him on the broadcast after us tonight. Always great work. We appreciate you coming on with us and giving us your insight, my friend. Thanks, Jay. Sarah, good being with you. Thank you. Have fun tonight. P.J. Carlissimo, ESPN Radio, NBA analyst. Again, you can listen to him tonight as the NBA Finals, uh, every single game of the NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. You don't want to miss any of it. In the meantime, there's greatness to discuss, not from the NBA, but from the NHL. We'll tell you about it as part of Quickies next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast. Get you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Uh, tornado update, we still doing okay over there? I still have a co-host? Yeah, we got, we got, you got four co-hosts now. Uh, because we've got Sirens and Thunder and rain and so we've got three dogs that uh husband's not home no one to hang out with them and they're terrified so they are now gonna host the show with me for the final segment i don't know in my mind i just i, I pictured brad just sitting sort of on the floor uh like the <laughs> yeah corner, brad just... sorry brad's also here he was too embarrassed to let on that he's also very scared of sirens that's perfect i, I don't blame just him gently petting his head the... <laughs> We'll get to the NBA action. Obviously, you're only minutes away from the broadcast here on ESPN Radio. But in the meantime, there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the world of sports, so we thought we'd get to it the only the way only we can with some quickies. And we start, Sarah, with things I can't believe I'm saying out loud. NHL dynasties 
in Tampa Bay. The Lightning are headed to the Stanley Cup Finals again, final again. Yeah, let me tell you a story so quickly. I was back at my Cornell reunion this weekend. It was a blast. And we happened to be in a bar in the uh, Cornell uh, hotel area before we were heading back out to this tent party and the TV is on the game and I'm with a bunch of Rangers fans that have that are huddled near to watch and if you watch the game the Rangers scored late in the third to tie it up and really give themselves a chance and then 14 seconds later the Lightning scored to end it and it was like the euphoria the screaming and while you're still screaming you're not even looking at the TV to notice that 14 seconds later the lead is once again gone or the, the tie is once again a uh, gone uh so uh those moments are a little tough they're they're a lot tougher than you know a nice healthy break before the other team takes the lead again oh I think that's part of what's going to just sit in the you know what of Rangers fans for a long time I mean not only game six but even game five that was a tied game with what like a minute to go minute and a half to go and all of a sudden you get one goal followed by Mm -hmm. a quick empty netter and before you know it you're out of that thing and it's (laughs) It is remarkable how it was a six-game series, but felt like it could have gone absolutely either way. And in the meantime, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a chance now to accomplish something we haven't seen since the 80s, a three-peat in the NHL. I'm not sure they've gotten the level of love and respect they deserve for what they've done, but it makes me laugh. If you could go back in time and go back to hockey purists in the 80s and say, hey, there's going to be a dynasty in Tampa Bay and just watch everybody <laughs> laugh you out of there. All right, oh, let's go to the Canada. next. Sto- <laughs> let's go to the next story. Quickies. You knew it was inevitable after this weekend with PGA uh, golfers speaking at the Canadian Open regarding the live golf tourney. Well, Phil Mickelson spoke for the first time today. Here's part of what he said. I know that many of you have uh, strong, well, many people have strong opinions, emotions about my choice to. Uh, go forward with live golf and uh, I understand and I respect that I'm incredibly grateful for the PGA Tour and for the many opportunities that it has provided me uh, through the years Um, but I am excited about this new opportunity as well I'm excited about being here in Boston at uh, the Country Club it's one of the five founding members of this uh, of the USGA it's uh, got incredible rich history going back to France as we met It has provided me one of the most memorable moments of my career, the 99 Ryder Cup and the comeback that we had. And the fans here are some of the best in the world, and they provide an atmosphere that is second to none for all sports. And golf is fortunate to be back, and I'm excited to to be back here and and participate in this uh, incredible championship that has eluded me for my whole career. Okay. So... Really well done trying to distract us with tales of lore from the golf course. No one cares, Phil. Uh, he also said, perhaps genuinely, but who knows, that he has sympathy and empathy for those who lost family members in the 9-11 attacks, for those who are conflicted about his involvement with the Saudi-backed tour. But it's really hard to take that seriously, Fitz, because the comments he made months ago, if he came out now and said, I wasn't super educated then and I apologize for what I said, But his result is still playing on that tour and giving credence and accountability to a country who is sport washing with this tour. It doesn't matter if you figured out that what you said was wrong. You haven't changed your mind about taking a payday despite everything associated with it. So I thought that 
it was better than some of the golfers we heard last week say, I'm not that smart. I just hit a ball with a stick. Like he addressed some of it head on, but I don't think it'll change for many people's opinions. I think the only thing that might is time where people start to soften and forget the severity and the seriousness of the death of Jamal Khashoggi and other things related to the Saudis, including 9-11. Yeah, I, I think at the end of all of that, for him to come out and say, I understand people may have a problem with it, it showed some level of understanding. But at the end of all of it, like he didn't change his actions, right? So right. It, it, at some point he's saying, I understand it, but I'm still taking the money. And he hasn't really explained in this opportunity he could have come out and said well here's why i'm doing what i'm doing and i don't see it the same he chose not to do that instead going to to your point uh, great stories that he thought would distract everybody so but the accountability won't end i think every golf tournament's going to give us more and more of this uh, in the coming weeks so let's go to the next story quickies zion williamson back in the news and for anyone that didn't see really cool moment moment zion giving back to the community as he often does uh, was helping build a YMCA in New Orleans, which led to conversation from the media that was there about what his future looks like. And he essentially said, you'd have to ask the Pelicans, but I want to be here. And this is a difficult moment for New Orleans to figure out in some respects there because it's max contract time for a player that, when he's healthy, is certainly max contract capable, but has not been healthy enough to give anybody confidence in the checks they'll have to write. Yeah, I mean, I at least like hearing it. For everything that that has happened uh, around that team and their stars and all of the rumors around Zion, including obviously his absence, I, I, I like hearing him definitively say that, and I'm sure they do too, and I think it's a lot easier to build knowing that he's going to be around. Uh, I can't imagine that he would be uh, foolsome, foolsome, is that a word? Foolhardy, uh, foolish enough to say that without full intentions of sticking around. Because if you put that out there and you go back on your word, like for instance, Kyrie with Boston or some other players, uh, never really ends well for you. So he'd be better staying quiet. Uh, this makes me think that he really does plan to stick around. Well, and it's an important moment, obviously, for the organization. They're going to have to write this check. I don't think the Pelicans have any choice. The question is, will we allow some context around it if it turns out that Zion isn't healthy? That's the one thing that nobody can predict. And if he's healthy, we'll all laugh at even a conversation around whether or not he should have gotten the max. But if he's not, people will look at it in uh, several years and say, where did this go wrong when, in fact, it can't just be his body never cooperated with him. I think it's better for the NBA if he ends up in New Orleans long-term. So those are quickies. Uh, before we get out of here, obviously we're leading you all the way up to the NBA Finals. Any any bold predictions or thoughts on what you're expecting to see tonight, Sarah? Um, I think it will go the way other games in the series have gone, which uh, is that if the Celtics can take care of the ball and commit fewer than 16 turnovers, keep it simple, focus on executing, they can win even if Steph is fantastic. If Steph is fantastic and the Celtics make too many mistakes, it can easily go the Warriors' way, even without the depth that you would think they need to stay in this. Um, I just think Steph is so transcendent. But if the Boston Celtics just execute on Ime's plans, they don't try to get too, too um, fancy with it. They don't try to drive, put the ball on the floor too many times, don't try to draw contact, just run the offense and then play their defense without committing those turnovers. I think they have a really good shot of evening it up. As has been noted several times, or the taking Celtics the lead, are, I should say. Yeah, uh, as has been noted, the Celtics are seven and zero this year in the playoffs after a loss, and in fact, they haven't lost back-to-back -back games since January of this year. So, uh, hard to see 
uh, the Celtics panicking, and I think you're absolutely right. The question is, can the better team beat the best player? Because that's what this seems like the rest of the series is going to come down to.